I'm full. Pops, you full? Uh, I haven't been this full since Truman dropped the big one. <laughs> Nana, are you full? I'm as full as my purse. Becky, are you full? You know it, G-Ma. Full does not describe the sheer amount of fullness I'm feeling right now. Billy, what about you? I'm super full. Hey, it's Crazy Uncle Carl. Hey, Billy. Hey, Crazy Uncle Carl, are you full? I'm crazy full. Hey, Scam, are you full? He's full. I'm fuller than a lobster boat on the moon. I'm fuller than Mom when she breaks her low-carb diet. I'm fuller than Hawaii and the three states underneath it. I'm so full I need Mom's maternity pants. Hashtag oh snap. I'm full in my whole body. How about you, Tom Selleck? I'm full. I'm so full you're going to have to carry me out of here. I'm as full as a ticket of blood bank. I'm full. I'm full. I'm full. Full. Hashtag F-U-L-L. I'm full. 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 I'm full. I'm full. Well, if everyone's full... Let's eat! Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so full. So full of your, your joy. And full of your, your grace and your hope. Father, we're, we're full of your, your peace and your love. for that we're thankful amen amen oh. I'm less full now That wasn't me. I'm just joking. That was the chair. That was the chair. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the chair. I wasn't the <laughs> Well, praise the Lord. I know, I know somebody out there is thinking, I can't believe he showed that in church. But see, in some cultures, that's a way of saying that was good. And, uh, it just so happens I live in one of those cultures. So anyway, and uh, anyway, is it okay to have fun in church? All right. Oh, God is good. You know, it's a great, it's a great uh, lesson, though, to ask ourselves today. You know, are we full? I mean, do we, you know, how many of you, like me, when I initially saw that thought, you know, that's how I feel after I eat. But the truth is, it, it, that's not what Thanksgiving truly is all about. It's not about filling ourselves with food. It's about understanding we are already full and so for that reason we come to a text in Ephesians that gives us this incredible command in fact when I think about this passage of scripture what comes to mind is this that there is not a better thanksgiving text in all the bible I mean I think this must be the most incredible text to preach on during this sermon series. And there's so many sermons I could preach from on Thanksgiving from the scriptures because it just shows up all the time. But what makes this one interesting is though it is a great Thanksgiving text, it is very hard to do. It's 
hard to do. Would you not agree with me as we read just the, 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 a glimpse of the text? Giving thanks always for all things. Already I'm kind of wondering how I'm going to do that. How am I going to accomplish that? How am I going to give thanks always for everything? Now before I get started with the message and into the depth of the text, I, I want to draw your attention to one of my devotions this week. I, I, I have my devotions early in the morning and, and I draw from a couple of different sources, obviously in addition to the Word of God in, in my prayer time. I enjoy getting a, a, a devotional or two from a man of God somewhere that emails a devotion. And one of my favorites is Chuck Swindoll. Brother Swindoll is an older pastor in Dallas, <clears throat> Texas, and just an incredible preacher. And he sent me a, a devotional this week. And as soon as I read it, I thought, thank you, Jesus. You are so good. You're so sweet to me to give me this in the middle of this sermon series about Thanksgiving becoming an attitude. I mean, something that is just a part of our lives, it, 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 it overwhelms us, we are constantly in this mode. It's a, it's a virtue, if you will, it's an attitude, it, it's, it's something we just are because we're saved. Chuck Swindoll wrote this, several years ago, I determined to deal with my attitude. I found myself getting pretty testy, even argumentative at times. Our children were young and often had needs that required my time and attention. More often than, than I'd like to admit, that irritated me. To the point where my wife said I needed to think about how negative I was becoming. And, then I, and that I needed to do something about it. At first, like most husbands would, I resisted her words. But after giving them further thought, I realized that what she was observing was painfully true. To use a popular expression, I was in need of a serious attitude adjustment. I knew that if some of my emotion, emotional outbursts didn't stop... I'd only alienate all four of my children. I would become a lonely, bitter, and grouchy old man. The realization of all that led me to come to terms with my negative attitude. And I'm so grateful I did. Among other things, it led me to sit down and write out a carefully worded statement on the importance of choosing the right attitude every single day. And so here's what Mr. Swindoll, Brother Swindoll, Pastor Swindoll wrote. Words can never adequately convey the incredible impact of our attitude toward life. The longer I live, the more convinced I become that life is 10% of what happens to us and 90% of how we respond to it. I believe the single most significant decision I can make on a day-to-day -day basis is my choice of attitude. It is more important than my past, my education, my bankroll, my successes or failure, fame or pain, what other people think of me or say about me, my circumstances or my position. Attitude keeps me going or cripples my progress. It alone fuels my fire or assaults my hope. When my attitudes are right, there's no barrier too high, no valley too deep, no dream too extreme, and no challenge too great for me. Thankfully, I'm a different man today because I came to terms with my attitude a number of years ago. And because I did, as I grow older, I've become a lot easier to live with. Just ask my wife, my kids, and their kids. Wow. Attitude. An attitude of gratitude. And that's where we've been for the past couple of weeks and where we'll be next week. 
as we conclude this November series on Thanksgiving and attitude virtue, giving thanks always. I've come to, I've come to know that, that, that people who are thankful live a happy and productive life. And there is no other way to live a happy and productive life but then to acquire this virtue. And so before we get started, I want to take you on a journey to determine where you're at in, in, this, in this thought. There's four levels of life. And as we discover these four levels of life, I want you to ask yourself where you are on this, on this journey, on this graph. Are you, are you at, 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 the, at the lowest level or maybe below the lowest level? Are you, are you at, at, the, at the level one? Are you in between level one and two? Are you level two? Are you in between level two and three? Are, are you level three? Are you in between level three and four? Are you four or are you just off the charts? So look at the lowest level of life, number one, and that is this, those who are constantly complaining and grumbling. It's the lowest level of life. Maybe you're actually below this one, and maybe you're just the biggest grouch that ever was, and, you know, you know your, your favorite character is, is, what is it, Mr. Grouch? Is, is there such a thing? What's that? Oscar Grouch, yes. Maybe that's you, you know. And you've already got a few elbows, you know, just to make sure you know it's you. Always griping, always complaining, lowest level of life. Have you ever met anybody like this? They can brighten up a room when they leave it. <laughs> These are folks that are always complaining. The second level of life that I've discovered are those who basically just live lives of ingratitude. It might be a little bit better than someone who is always griping and always complaining, but it's still pretty low. Just always, you know, never really have an, an attitude that, that is thankful, but rather just ingratitude, ungrateful. They, they don't necessarily complain, they just don't thank God for any of his obvious blessings. They sort of live life like they're owed these things. You know, it's just, uh, I deserve this, you know. feel sorry for everybody else that doesn't have what I have. And, and, and we're not so much grateful uh, for these things. We sort of feel like it's just, you know, something that we deserve. The third level of life are those who thank God for his obvious blessings. That's a little bit better. I mean, these are folks that are grateful to an extent. Uh, they're, they're thankful for the things that are obvious, for the things that are before them, for the things that they have, the, the things that are good in their life, the obvious blessings, the, the things that, you know, yeah, sure, I'm thankful for that, of course. But then there's this level. The fourth level of life, the highest level of life are those that are grateful for all things at all times. This is our text. This is Ephesians 5.20. This person literally can exist. This is somebody who can go to our church. This is somebody who can actually, this is before you get to heaven. <laughs> this is not a perfect person. This is an imperfect person. This is somebody who still makes mistakes, but they're living at a high level of life because they're thankful for all things at all times. They have this virtue of thanksgiving. They've learned the secret to real joy. You know, unthankful people are never happy people. Put it down. Mark it down. Unthankful people are never happy people. Unthankful people, ungrateful people are people filled with bitterness, people filled with fear, negativism, selfishness, or self-pity. And today I want to help 
all of us as we look at this passage of Scripture and notice several things. I think the way that I put it in your worship guide is this, several things to notice about our thanksgiving during this thanksgiving season. We'll take them all from the text, number one. First of all, let's answer this question, shall we? When should we be thankful? That's a good question. Okay, Holy Spirit, please tell me when do I need to be thankful? And the Holy Spirit answers back in Ephesians 5.20. Giving thanks. All right, Holy Spirit, when do I need to be thankful? All right, let's all answer it together. Giving thanks. Always. There it is. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm I'm struggling with the answer. I'm struggling. I, I don't quite understand it. I need some help here. But you do want me to give thanks always. So that means that although we're coming to Thanksgiving Day on Thursday, this is a day that's set aside, obviously, to give thanks. So we know that. It's called Thanksgiving Day. It deals with the, the idea of the pilgrims and the founding fathers and, and turkey and, and a celebration and food and football and lots of sleeping. And I can be thankful on that day. But, but, but you want me to be thankful every day? So one day's not enough. Well, let's see what the Bible says in Psalm 68 and verse 19. Maybe this will help us. Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. Wow. In other words, every day you get a fresh load of benefits. Every day. There's not a day that goes by that God does not... Okay, illustration. Hey, how many of you enjoy taking breaths? That was a good breath. That was a good breath. That was a good breath. Okay, let me just say something. If you go without breaths, you're not going to be with us very long. So if God loads you up with the benefit of breath, you're blessed. All right, how many of you like it when your heart beats? You like that? Amen? Okay, I'm, I'm like, a, I'm like a, I'm, 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 I think the last time I went to the doctor, I was, you know, he said, you know, now you, you know, about, you're about 67, 70 hearts, 70 beats a minute. That's a little bit lower than normal, but that's, that's still good. That's healthy. I'm like, okay, so every minute, I'm like at 60 to 70 beats a minute. How many of you are thankful that already today your heart has beaten thousands of times? That's every beat is a benefit. Amen? Amen. Okay, so so far, we found out we've, we've been loaded up with already tens of thousands of benefits today and we've only talked about two things just two things do you see this scripture is so true it is not just one day a year it's daily it's 365 days a year it's 24 hours a day it's seven days a week let's go farther limitations 323 they are new every morning Every morning, God is faithful. Great is your faithfulness because every morning, God, when I get out of bed, I'm thankful. Thankful for your faithfulness. Thank you for life. Thank you, God, for another breath. My first thoughts of the day, right out of bed, are to lift my heart to God in praise. Amen? I've been practicing this now for several years. Everybody has a different way of practicing this. I'll share you mine. There's no really rhyme or reason to it. It's just me. It's just who I am. It's just how God spoke to me. My testimony is that every morning I wake up and I, and I have my devotions and, and, I, and I thank God for, for bare minimum 10 things. Never less than 10. 
Never less than 10. Sometimes 15 or 20 or 16 or 18 or 12, but never less than 10. Why 10? I don't know. Just 10 is a good number. And I like 10, and it's double digits. I just think God is at least a double-digit God. At least. He's more like an infinity-digit God. Amen? But I'm going to go 10. And so every morning I begin thanking him. Now, here's what I do to make sure that I'm faithful to this verse. I don't ever want to be thanking God for something that I haven't thanked him for already. In other words, here's what I'm saying. In other words, I want to make sure that I'm thanking him for the last 24 hours. And then tomorrow morning it'll be for today. And the next day it'll be for that day. See, what I'm saying is that every day I want to acknowledge the next day all the benefits that God loaded me up with the day before. So I'm thanking him for everything that I can think of on this list of 10 things. It's really, I'm not going back too far. Not that I can't thank him for my salvation, and I do uh, every day. But, but I'm thanking him for the simple things in life, for the food that I ate yesterday. Oftentimes, like we ate chili, and I'll say, Lord, I thank you for my wife's chili. It's so delicious. And when it's cold outside, chili is one of my favorite meals. I love chili. I love a little spice in my chili. I like, I like crackers and butter on top of the crackers to pour my chili over and put that crack. You say, you're a crazy preacher. No, 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 no. I'm talking, I'm talking some good stuff right now. And because I love my taste buds and I love it going down and I love chili on a cold day, I want to acknowledge the person that made all that possible. Amen. That's God. And so I thank God for chili. Well, I don't know how I'm supposed to do that. You, it works for me. I mean, he, I love it. I thank God for the simple things. I thank him for maybe a song I heard that day or, a, or a, you know, that he, that he kept me safe that day or, or, or for a, a particular conversation I had with a church member. But I'm thanking him every day when I get out of bed. Always. Now, let me give you a little concept about prayer and thanksgiving. It's found in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. Here's the concept. It's biblical. Be careful for nothing but in everything there it is again by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving now this is before i'm going to ask anything of god this is before i'm asking god for anything i am i am in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving here's the thought why should god give you anything else if you don't thank him for what you already have that's the thought Why should God give you anything else if you don't thank him for what he's already given you? Are you with me with this? In other words, before we ask God for something, we should thank him for what he's already done. Because, listen, church, and I should get an amen when I say this, if God doesn't answer any more prayers, we could thank him for the rest of our lives and 10,000 more lives for what he's already done. Amen. And so what we do is we thank God in our prayer time for what he's done. And then we say, oh, and by the way, God, I've got something I need. And God's listening because we are praying with thanksgiving. See? So that's how thanksgiving kind of segues into our prayer life. What many of us need to do is we need to take out some of the groans in our prayer and put in some hallelujahs. The second question I'd like to ask is this. When should we be thankful? Okay, I I got it. Always. Well, what should I be thankful for? All right, let's go to the text. The answer is there. Giving thanks always. All right, what should I be thankful for, Holy Spirit? Answer, say it with me, church. All things. Everything. 
So, so I should be thankful for everything. There's nothing I shouldn't be thankful for. And God says that's exactly right. You should be thankful for all things. I, I don't know exactly how to do that. So he begins to teach me. And we'll learn that before the end of this message. But, but let me begin with a few things that we can be thankful for. Does all things include your faith? Can you thank God for your faith, number one? Your faith meaning this. I am, if you are, I am born again. I'm saved. I'm a child of God. Amen? I mean, listen, hey, that is something to be thankful for. The faith that I put in Jesus Christ. I found a friend. He's all to me. His love is ever true. And I love to tell how he lifted me and what he can do for you. He's my friend. He's my savior. I asked him to come to my heart September the 1st, 1978. He changed my life forever. And I am thankful today for my faith in Jesus Christ. For you saved by grace through faith. Number two, thank him for your, for your food. Oh, I'm a foodie. Anybody else a foodie? Don't lie. You're a foodie. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. You love food. Come on. The rest of you guys are just plain liars you know you are i'm ridiculous i am ridiculous i love it so much that when listen here's my phone call to my wife i know i may get some criticism on this one but you know you got to be honest preachers are lying all the time somebody needs to be honest so i call my wife and i'm on the way home and here's my question what's for dinner (laughs) yes that's before how are you doing i love you you're beautiful i can't wait to get home that's right because i love food I, 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 it, just, it just consumes me. I love it. I mean, I'm so thankful for food. I love food. Uh, I'm grateful that my wife uh, is a good cook. She likes to cook things. In fact, what drew me to her was her Chinese chicken salad and teriyaki steak on a stick. Honestly. I mean, she could have been 500 pounds. I just lied again. You're right. And uh, no, when she fed me that Thanksgiving when, thanks, when, she, when she fed me that chicken salad in Bible college, and you, some of you have had it. it. It's incredible. Chinese chicken salad. She's Japanese, but for some reason it's Chinese. Anyway, and, uh, and then this teriyaki steak on a stick. It's just the most mind-boggling food, and I get that all the time. I'm telling you, it's incredible. Uh, Thanksgiving Day, you know how amazing it is at your house or wherever you go. The things that are set before us. The food that God gives us. Look at this verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It's amazing. It says. For. Yeah. For by grace. Be a partaker. Why am I evil spoken of? For that. uh, That. Why am I spoken for that which I give thanks. Excuse me. I'm wanting to get to this verse. Whether therefore ye eat. Number one. Whatever you eat. God must have known we would like food. Wasn't God good when he made what's called our taste buds? I've never seen them. I don't know what they look like. I just know whatever they are, those things are awesome. I mean, God was good when he made taste buds. And God says, I know you guys are going to love these taste buds. So the first thing I'm going to put in this verse where we talk about, you know, giving thanks for what you eat, for what you drink, or whatever you do. We're going to put in, for sure, eating and drinking because what an amazing thing it is. Just to have clean water. We live in this spa city. Mountain Valley water. But I mean, listen folks. Isn't it amazing how we don't have to worry about the water we drink? In other countries, 
Hey, listen, in India, two million people die annually of starvation. And we've got Stomp Out Hunger in our city and Hunter for the Hungry out of our church and all these ministries that feed children and parents and people who don't necessarily have all of these benefits, if you will. We've been told recently in this, at, the, at the Salvation Army that there's a little somewhat of a, of a new epidemic in our city that, that families are hungry, that children are showing up to the Salvation Army. Doug knows this as a board member. Children are showing up to eat in the evenings without their parents. I mean, little kids are showing up. They don't have any food to eat apart from what the Salvation Army is feeding them in our city. The good news is nobody is starving in our city. Annually, we're not having one person die of starvation. And yet, two million people a year. I'm simply trying to get your attention this morning. Thank him for your faith. Thank him for your food. Hey, thank him for your friends. Isn't it a wonderful thing to have a friend, somebody who you love, somebody near you, somebody who is there for you? This Thanksgiving season, maybe it would be a good practice for all of us to write a few notes just to thank our friends. Let me give you a couple of ways you can do that. Just think with me a minute. I'm thankful today for my neighbors. These are my neighbors. Give me a hug. Got some old neighbors. <laughs> I'm getting old too. This is Robert and Shirley Posey. These people are gold. They're gold. They're some of the best people you mean. I love them. I love having them as neighbors. I love waving to them across the street. Robert, I love seeing you sitting on that little bench. Preacher! You know, I don't know how you say it, but it sounds, you know, it's like you're trying to get as much energy up. Preacher! I barely can hear that, but I'm like, hey, Robert! We're yelling across the street, right? Shirley just asked me, she said, Preacher, could you, I, I need a six-foot table and six chairs. I don't have my truck anymore, so I was wondering if you could bring it over to me. I said, Shirley, it's done. Just call me on Wednesday night. I'll bring them over that night. These are my friends. Thankful for my neighbors. Good neighbors. Amen? Hey, did y'all enjoy that song Jordan sang this morning? He wrote that. I want to thank you, Jordan, for that. Minister to me. Brought tears to my eyes. I, honestly, when he, there were certain points, I looked over at my wife, and she was just in Neverland. You know, she's out there. She's experiencing God's love and Thank you, Jordan, for letting the Holy Spirit use you. See, are you getting it? Thank you, Karina, for being who you are as a widow in our church. Way too young to be a widow. But God chose her. Thank you. Thank you, Nathan, for just being who you are. We would all say we can't imagine what it would be like to grow up without our dad. When's the last time maybe you wrapped your arms around Nathan and just say, hey, buddy, I love you. Thank you for just hanging in there. See, some of us are just afraid to thank each other because we don't know what to say. Just say it. Just say thank you. Just get it out. Just say thank you. Thank you for what you, what you mean to me. Thank you for your example. Thank you for your steadfastness. I don't know how you do this or I don't know how you do that. It's such an inspiration to me. Thank you. When you get into this attitude, it changes so much about who you are. 
Next I have this. Thank, be thankful for your fortune. The things that God has given you and the things that God has done for you. Maybe the fact that he spared your life in an accident. You know, Nathan and I went to Columbus this week to get, <clears throat> a, we got a truckload of furniture donated to our ministry. And maybe some of you have already seen some of this brand new stuff that uh, 40 pieces of new furniture we've been able to put in all kinds of places and offices and the bookstore and the lobbies. and the, it's, it's great. We're heading back. It's about a 12-hour trip. And on the way home, you lose, you gain an hour. So that's a blessing. So we get finished loading up the truck Thursday about 4. And we put the address in. 600 Garland Street, hallelujah, you know, going home, and it says, arrival time, 3.45 a.m. So I look at Nathan, and I say, what do you think, bro? He looks at me, he says, let's go for it, preacher. I don't want to stay in a hotel. I want to go home to, to my wife. I said, I do too. Let's do it. We can do this thing. You're big. I'm big. We're big boys. We're tough. You know, you stay awake. I sleep. You sleep. I stay awake. You know, got my five-hour energy. And I think, I think it, I got one of those, I think it's like extra. You ever got one of those? I don't know if it is. It might be just like a total lie, but, you know, I paid an extra dollar for that word on that bottle. So here we go. And we get about three hours down the road, and we see the red lights. Stop, 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 stop. Everybody's, we're like, no. And so we stop. We're thinking, okay, it's okay. It's going to be quick. Ten minutes, 15, 20, 30, an hour. We're, st- we're just sitting there. ETA, 4.45. (laughs) And uh, finally we start, I'm like, man, I wonder what this is. So how far ahead of it is this? How far ahead? And so we looked and, you know, all this technology and Nathan's better at it than I am. So he he indicates, you know, it's it's pretty close, preacher. It's just just right in front of us. About two hours, two and a half hours later, it cleared up. ETA now is like 6.30. And it took us 30 seconds to get from where we were to where the accident was. 30 seconds. 30 seconds in front of us was a massacre. There's no telling how many people were dead. There were five ambulances. There were tons of fire trucks. Nathan got a better view than I did, but he said, Preacher, did you see that? And I didn't really see it. He goes, there is no way there was a casualty in that vehicle for sure. Just an exploded cab. Fire everywhere. And we're going through there thinking of how awful it must be and all the phone calls that were going out to family members and the chaos that was happening during the moment we were sitting in that traffic. But we're thinking also, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for sparing our lives. I mean, 30 seconds is not a whole lot of time. It reminded me of a story that I read about a family in a church who heard of another family who had lost their son on the battlefield in Afghanistan on the war on terror. And the church that Sunday morning took up an offering in memory of that soldier. On the way home, the wife looked at her husband and said, why don't we give an offering of equal amount or greater for our son? The husband kind of looked at her puzzled and said, our son wasn't killed. And she looked at him and said, all the more reason to give an offering. All the more reason to give an offering. You see, we have so much to be thankful for. Just the life that we have, the life that we live, all things, all things, all things. What should we be thankful for? No matter what we go through, praise you, Jesus. Thank you for all things. All things.
I don't think she'll mind just because we're two good friends and she loves me and she would want this to be used for the Lord. But my wife, Karina sent my wife a, a text message this morning in their small group this morning. Karina, the lady I just approached and thanked, she lost her husband about four years ago. Abraham was our assistant Spanish pastor. He was the founding pastor of our Spanish church. Listen to this. In everything, give thanks. I've kept myself from updating for a few reasons. First of all, because when I'm home updating my journal, it's the last thing I think of. Also, because the last few days have been some of the hardest days I've ever had. I won't go into detail about it, but I'll tell you this. I thought we were almost going to lose Abraham today. Thank God he's doing much better. We're on a day-to-day basis right now. Some days are very good. Some days are not. Friday was a really hard day, and I ended up having to take him back to the hospital. We stayed until yesterday, Monday, before we got to come back home. He's doing really good today. He came to listen to the kids' Heritage Day speeches, then went back home to rest. You know, it's going to be Thanksgiving on Thursday, four years ago. It's going to be Thanksgiving on Thursday. And there's just some things that it's hard to be thankful for. It's hard to be thankful for Abe's cancer. When the doctor told us the cancer was back, I was so angry. Not at God, but at the cancer. How dare it come back? Abraham is only 39. Our kids are so young. How dare you mess things up? Then another thought came to mind. Why him? Abe is the nicest guy ever. Amen to that. I haven't met anybody as nice as Abe. He's, he, he's a hard worker. Why, why him and not, not some crackhead? And I knew what she meant by that. She wasn't criticizing. But sometimes, let's just be honest. If we're honest, I'm that way. Sometimes I think, you know, you ever gotten a ticket and wondered, you know, for going five miles over the speed limit <laughs> and thought about all the people that really deserve that ticket? You know what I'm talking about, God. You know what I'm talking about. I'm thankful, though, for the time that I've had with Abe to talk about today and yesterday's and to plan for our future. I'm thankful that God used his cancer for his mom to come and be able to go to church with us and for the opportunity God gave us, God gave me. Press the wrong button here. And for the opportunity God gave me to share the gospel with her. With tears in both our eyes, I was able to witness one of the most sweetest prayers I've ever heard. And Abraham's mother was able to get saved. If that's what it took then I'm thankful for the cancer. And eternity in heaven is worth a few bad days here on earth. As I was sitting in the hospital next to my husband holding his hand while he was getting better this weekend, the same thought came to mind. Lord, why did you choose Abraham and not, a, not someone else? Then he answered me, not audibly, of course, but he brought a verse to mind, Job 1.22. In all this, Job sinned not nor charged God foolishly. I understood. Never have I heard my husband blame God or be mad at God for any of this. It's been hard for him. I've seen him shed many tears. I've seen him be at his lowest, but never have I heard him blame God for any of this. His trust and faith in God has grown more in the last few weeks than ever before. It's like God told me, hello, I know who I can be glorified through. I know who's going to trust me and give me all the glory. I hope God can say that about me one day. So here I go. God, thank you for what we are going through. Thank you, for because in our weakness, your grace is sufficient. I don't like cancer. I don't believe I ever will. But God, thank you that you use cancer to bring people closer to you. And thank you that you have used his cancer for the salvation of others. Everybody okay? Yeah. Maybe 
Maybe God can use that text this morning that my wife got and up here just weeping again over the thought of one of her sisters having the highest level of gratitude. Thankful for all things at all times. Next, and finally, how should we give thanks in all things? How do we do that? How was Karina able to do that? That is crazy. I could never do that. Lord, you know me. Don't know that. No, I, I could not send it. That's, that's not me, God. I can't do that. What about the pastor this week whose wife was killed while he was exercising one morning? Anybody heard that story? Raise your hand if you heard that story. A very amazing testimony. I, I mean, this guy, this guy is, went, went that morning to, to do his little routine. He comes home. His wife's in a bloodbath. She is expecting their second child. She's a pastor's wife. This is Carol Ann. This is, this is his wife. She has a bullet through her head. He comes home. He sees that. He calls the, 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 the 911. Three days later, you can see it for yourself, he's on Fox News sharing the goodness of God. Telling the world that God is in control, that God is good, that God knows that his wife would want God to get all the glory, that her life was his and not her husband's. How are you doing this, sir? That's not me. I can't do that. There's no way. No, I'm, okay, great, Eric. Give thanks in all things and, and everything. No, I'm, I'm, that's my limit right there. I cannot give thanks for my murdered wife. The guy's got me. He's just, okay, fine. He's a better Christian than me. No, don't settle for that. Let's discover how in the world are they doing this. How did Karina send that text? How did this man get on national television two or three days later? How did he do that? You ready? It's right here. It's beautiful. Number one, he did it in the spirit. You can't do this in the flesh. It's not possible. I'm too weak. My flesh is so weak. I'm so negative by nature. I, I just, I'm, 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 I think all of us are. I mean, think about it. It's so much easier to find the thing to be critical about than everything else. I mean, I can be in a room and everything can be wonderful. But the one thing that's not right, I notice that. Are you like that sometimes? The one thing. A million things are good, but here we got to notice the one thing. I'm talking about the plate of food that is fantastic. Oh, but I don't like that. Shut up already. There's 19 things that you can eat. One thing you can't eat, just don't even mention it. But I, I, you know, oh. You see, my flesh is weak. But look at what Scripture says in Ephesians 5, verse 18. Be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to your hearts to the Lord. That's what the Spirit of God does. Jordan's song, breathe on us, Yahweh. Breathe on us, Yahweh. The Spirit of God in the Spirit. To be Spirit-filled is to be thankful. If you're thankful, if you're not thankful, you're not Spirit-filled. But when we are Spirit-filled, we can be thankful for all things The mark of a spirit-filled life is gratefulness. Be filled with the Spirit. 
Do you know what the ministry of the Holy Spirit is? It is to make Jesus Christ real in your heart. That's, that's what he's all about. He's all about that. The Holy Spirit is all about Jesus. He wants to make Jesus look really good, really big, really awesome in your life. And when you're filled with the Spirit, hey, Jesus can do no wrong. He makes no mistakes. We can be thankful for everything at all times, regardless of the circumstances. When we are thankful in the Spirit, this is how we do it. You see, some of this requires us to think. Did you know that think and thank come from the same root word? Just like grace and grateful do. So therefore, if I stop and think, I can be thankful. Most of the time, we're not thankful because we're not thinking. It's impossible to think about God and not be thankful for God. Be filled with the Spirit. So number one, we're thankful because we can give thanks in the Spirit. Number two, we give thanks unto the Father. We give thanks unto the Father. Look at our text again. Notice it says, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father. Why do you give thanks in the Spirit to the Father? Aha, good question. I got an answer. James 1, 17. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. It cometh down from the Father, God is in control. Nothing is a surprise to God. Everything God puts in our life, he means it to be a gift. For some reason, it's hard to understand, but God says there's nothing I would do to hurt you. Everything I do, everything I allow, everything I give is good. I'm a good, good father. How many of you heard that song? You're a good, good father. That's who you are. Oh, we got to sing that one soon, Joe. Oh. That's all over the radio right now. My wife and I, we're, we're into that one. He's a good, good father. <laughs> and I'm loved by him. That's who I am. He's made no mistakes. He loves me. All the negative things, they're not negative. They are simply a way of God making me more like his son Jesus. And sometimes that refining fire, it hurts and I don't understand it. And like Karina said, I don't like cancer, but I'm thankful for what it's doing. It saved my mother-in-law. It didn't, but you know what I mean. You understand the context, don't you? And so I can be thankful for these things. Through, in the Spirit, unto the Father, and finally, in closing, through the Son. Through the Son. Look at Ephesians 5.20. So number one, be filled with the Spirit, verse 18. Number two, verse 20, giving thanks... Unto God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus. So I'm going to give thanks through the Son. I don't understand all that God is doing. But I'm going to thank Him in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. Amen. Jesus. So you know what I do? Sometimes when, I, when I'm having to be thankful for something that's not so easy to be thankful for, I just say this, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this. In the name of Jesus, that powerful name, that healing name, that delivering name, Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. So that's how 
Karina did it. She was thankful in the Spirit unto the Father through the Son. That's how that guy did it. The pastor did it. That's how he was able to... Amazing. In the Spirit to the Father through the Son. He didn't do it himself. He had the help of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit. The creator of everything. And the Savior of the world all came to his aid. This is incredible. This is how we give thanks. Now in closing, we might wonder, yeah, preacher, but I don't know. You don't know how rough I have it. All right. Who wrote this? Church of Ephesus, right? Ephesians 5, right? Paul. Where was Paul when he wrote this? Where was Paul when he said these words? Giving thanks in all things, for everything, always give thanks. He's in prison. He's locked up. No, no, he's not at church. He's not struggling with this at church. He's not writing this in church. He's in prison. (laughs) He's been persecuted. He's been lied about. He's been beaten. This is a man under extreme negative circumstances saying, giving thanks. God's good. But Paul, you're in prison. (laughs) Hey, it's all good. Man, when you're in the spirit unto the Father through the Son, this old prison, this ain't nothing, man. This is all right. Hey, it could be worse. Paul. But Paul, listen, uh, you know, you've been abused. You've been mistreated, Paul. Come on. And Paul simply looks at all of us this morning and says, give thanks. Give thanks. I think it was significant that I remind you the writer of this was, was, was in pretty bad shape. Humanly speaking. And so today, I just ask you to join me in adopting this attitude virtue. That's what this series is all about. We'll conclude next week. We're halfway there. Where are we at on that, on that measuring stick? Let's get to that high level. Level four. Always, in all things, at all times. Thank you, Jesus. who you are and I'm loved by you that's who I am every head bowed and every eye closed with heads bowed and eyes closed this morning if there's someone here that is struggling with even connecting with this message because you're not a, a child of God you don't know for sure 